Book Stew viewers, do I look happy? I am so happy today because I have in the studio with me Jonathan Hall, who claims not to be an author yet has written two books, and the subject of his books. I am looking lovingly at Toto the Tornado Cat, who is live in the studio and as mellow a cat as you could ever find and fall in love with at first sight. So Jonathan, welcome. I don't want to give you short shrift because uh, obviously if it wasn't for you, Toto wouldn't be here. Um, so the first book that you wrote is Toto the Tornado Cat. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the circumstances that brought you together? Thanks, Eileen, for having me. I appreciate it. It sounds like your book show is great. I'm excited to bring Toto in today. Yeah, the Toto story is really a special story. It's pretty unique. So like you said, I didn't anticipate being an author, and I never thought it would be like this. But it's a really unique story, and I'm excited to share it with you today. So the story is all about Toto. So it's a true story, and it's a children's book. So back in 2011, I live in the town of Brimfield, which is out in western Massachusetts. There was a devastating tornado, and the tornado started in Springfield, and it continued all the way to Sturbridge. Unfortunately, several people lost their lives and a number of people lost their homes. But the day after the tornado, I was working at the fire station in Brimfield where I work as a paramedic and a tree worker found a little six-day-old kitten and he brought him into the fire station. Now you have to understand, like, this was a pretty difficult time. We'd all been up for 24 hours. A number of us had had our homes damaged or lost. The fire, we had been up for 24 hours. And when the tree worker brought a little six-day-old kitten in, even like the hardest of us began to cry and we were upset. But he brought a, uh, like a little ray of light into our day that day. So somebody said you should name the cat Toto, obviously after Toto from the Wizard of Oz there. <laughs> and they brought him to the fire station where we tried taking care of him. He was a really little kitten, so obviously he needed his mother's milk and some veterinary care, which we couldn't do at the time. So we were fortunate enough to have the Animal Rescue League of Boston, which has a rescue services team. They were in Brimfield, and they were actually taking care of another animals who had been injured in the storm. My neighbor's barn had collapsed, and their oh. special rescue services team were helping get the horses out of the barn oh. and take care of them. So we gave Toto to them, and we sent him with, on his way back to Boston to the Animal Rescue League, which was pretty cool. So we knew we'd get some good care, and I thought that'd be the end of the story. A couple weeks later, um, after Toto had been taken to the Animal Rescue League, he'd been nurtured back to health. He was placed with another set of kittens and then into a foster home and then back to the shelter. My wife and I were fortunate enough that we were on the list and we were able to adopt him and he came back to Brimfield where his story began. Well, I would think you would have been number one on the list. So yeah, I think he had gotten on some other news channels and it was a popular story. It was one of the few good stories that came out of the tornado. So uh, there were a number of people who were interested in him and they promoted him and, and helped support the Animal Rescue League of Boston. But certainly I think they recognized that he belonged back in the town where he was found, so it was pretty cool. So you theorize that he was part of like a feral cat family, maybe? Or a, a, the sad part is that his mother and siblings were never found. Yeah, so they never found any other cats or, or those that were his age, like from the tornado. A number of animals survived, obviously, and uh, so we're hoping that his other family is still out there. We had imagined he was a feral cat or something, but the tree worker found him in some tree debris and just brought him in in a dirty handkerchief, and uh, we weren't able to take care of him, but I'm assuming that there were some other cats and dogs and, and animals that survived, so, was he so it's really pretty good. in a tree? He literally was in the debris of a tornado. We never found the name of the person who 
who found him, but you can see from our pictures that we, he was brought in and he was unfortunately in a pretty sad state at that time. He had some debris in his nose that needed to be mm. removed. Uh, he was underweight and he was chilly and, and we tried to do what we could, but the Animal Rescue League of Boston, their rescue services team, they're dynamite. I've met them subsequent to, the, to this event and they have a rescue services team that goes out and they help animals who are trapped in storm drains and geese who have fishnet caught about them and, and they specialize in taking care of newborn animals and rescuing. So they were the rock stars in this. So while we were able to help our community heal, they helped uh, Toto heal, which is kind of the good part of the story. So what was Toto's person? Okay, I just, I'm sure that our camera people are showing Toto <laughs> through this whole thing because how could you not? He's, he's so mellow. I've never seen a cat like this in my life. What, what makes him so mellow, do you think? So I think like one of the things is, is just an animal who's handled from birth and, and wasn't within, in his natural environment. He went to a foster home. He went to another litter of kittens. So he was with another mother. He was in a truck. He was in a van. He's been moved around. So uh, I wouldn't say chaos, but he's just used to being moved and handled and all that stuff. So I think from day one, uh, literally from day six, like of his birth, like he is normal is just to be involved, to be active, to be handled, to be interactive. So that's what makes him a special cat, which and is pretty cool. And to be patient. I mean, I just can't think of another cat that cats usually hate riding in cars, or at least all the ones I know of hate riding in cars. So when you came in here today, you it's raining out. You strolled in with Toto on the leash, and Toto was a little bit damp. And Toto just came in the into the studio, looked around a little bit. I don't honestly, I don't know of any other cats that would do this. And you said you have cats at home, and I assume none of them would be doing this. Yeah, our other cats are pretty traditional cats, so they just do the same thing the cats would do. They're not uh, keen on getting into vehicles or anything, but <laughs> in the mornings when I shake the leash, like it's exciting, Toto knows he's going out for the day, so whether you were going to the bank to visit our friends down at the bank, or whether we're going to the fire station, or whether we're going to the YMCA where I go with him, or wherever he goes, like he gets to be out and be excited. So he knows it's something different for the day, so it's good. So he's, uh, he's like an ambassador for, you know, for, cat rescues, for um, EMTs, for uh, surviving a tragedy. He's, I mean, can you talk a little bit about the Brimfield tornado? Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of us were here, but I'm sure there will be people who don't even remember it. Yeah, so in 2011, it was a tough day. Like, I was at home that afternoon. Like, we knew the weather was coming, and it was getting a little bit dark. In fact, we saw that the tornado was coming on the news. It was in Springfield, which is 15 or 20 miles away, but we never anticipated it coming, like, right adjacent to our property and through our town. And it really split our town in half. So almost 100 houses were either damaged or destroyed, wow. so in Brimfield alone. And we had two people die um, during the tornado, including one uh, at a local campground and a number of people injured. So right after the tornado happened, and myself and my wife, who was a state trooper, like knew that it was our obligation to help our town out. So we jumped into action, and then I went down to the fire station, and, and we just were pretty much up for the next 24 hours. It was a big impact on our town, certainly. We're not a big town. We're 2,500 people, a small town out in western Massachusetts. But uh, after the next day in recovery and then the subsequent couple weeks, one of the good things is, is we pulled together a town, and we really showed that in small towns you help each other out. And then this is one of the good stories, and subsequent to that, Toto's become sort of an ambassador, and you said, and then everyone in town knows Toto, so <laughs> it's not unusual to go to the bank and see Toto or where you go to the fire station or anyone. Everyone knows the cat. So he's really one of the bright lights that came out of the difficult times from that tornado. And another bright light is the book. So how did, how did was it your idea to write a book? 
Yeah, so I've never written a book before. I don't even have children myself, Eileen, so I never knew. Uh, I've read children's book, obviously, when I was growing up, but I thought it'd be important to kind of give back to the Animal Rescue League of Boston. They did such a phenomenal job helping our town out, both of my neighbors with their horses and then with Toto, and I thought it'd be a great way to get something back for a local shelter. So I decided to write the book, and I thought it'd be a silly project. My wife, like, kind of scoffed at it. She said that we'd have copies lying under our sofa, propping up <laughs> tables and those kind of things. So I worked just and put the book together, and I thought it'd be a silly project. I found an illustrator on Craigslist and then I sort of googled how to write a book and I, I put a couple days effort into it and put it together which was pretty cool but I never thought the project would take off like it did. So are you, are you so, I can see on the back of the book and I'll, I'll show viewers later that um, you've got the insignia of a bank and the Animal Rescue League. Yeah, so those are our two spot project sponsors. So um, what happened is when I went to put this book project together, we decided to print about 1,500 copies of the book. And uh, I went to my local bank um, in town, which is a regional bank that services Western Massachusetts, and I asked them for a loan for the project. Aww. And so when I went in and met with the president, Mr. Scully of the bank, uh, they decided that instead of providing a loan, that they would put the whole bill for the initial project, which was pretty good. Our bank is really good about uh, community involvement. They build playgrounds, they're involved in volunteer activities. It's a community nonprofit bank, so their profits go back to the community, and they decided to invest in the Toto project as part of their community restoration project. So we got all our funding from Country Bank, which was really neat. They provided a lot of guidance on the financials and how to do the taxes and all those things, and the agreement was that I would never take any money from the project, which is fine with me. So all the money except for the printing goes to um, the Animal Rescue League and other local shelters, which is pretty cool. Amazing. So um, I love the illustrations, too. How is it working with the illustrator? Isn't it great? Like, Carol was so good. Like, I found her on Craigslist because I thought this, like I said, would be a silly project. We've only met once, actually, once or twice. She's a dynamic person. She does tons of illustrations for both industrial things and all sorts of different. She's done a couple children's books she's illustrated. Um, but she drew these pictures. I gave her some guidance and sent her some pictures. And these are what she came up with, and it's great. And uh, I like the pictures. They look like Toto. You'll see in our second book. Um, we all the places he goes and we've also tried to highlight diversity so we have all sorts of different um, interactions with different people in the public as he goes along which is another aspect she's big into that she uses a um, gouache which is called like a kind of illustration so it's a watercolor and then she did all the illustrations for the book and I had no problems with what she wrote and drew and it was great and she was so easy to work with it was a neat project so has she ever met Toto yeah she came down one time so there's a big thing called the Brimfield Fair I don't oh, know if you yes, know about yes, that yeah. she came to the Brimfield Fair we had dinner one time and it's awesome and then um, we've been in touch and we continue to be in touch she did a second book with me and she's asking to do a third book but I'm not sure if we're gonna do that yet how did the sequel come about so we did the first project and it was so popular that we decided to do a sequel which is great and so the sequel we tried to come up with what it was and I said what better kind of book than all the places he goes another true story so in the sequel you'll see he goes to the post office he goes to the <laughs> bank he goes to the library he goes to the gym with me we go to nursing homes and those are all in the book which is kind of neat so it's a nice opportunity to highlight all the places he goes and it's a rhyming book and kids like rhyming books uh, so this really I mean the the tornado changed your life in a terrible way but also in a in a good way I mean you would have been just kind of a normal guy in a, in a little town, uh, enjoying life, and 
it, everything changed. Yeah, so I never thought it would be like this. Like I said, I don't have kids. I'm not a children's author or anything like that. I said, but this is a great story. So a paramedic whose house is damaged by the tornado and finds a kitten in a tree, writes a children's book about it, and then all the money goes to shelter. It's a pretty good story, and it sets it up for being just a great opportunity for the public to kind of interact. Um, one of the things we do is we go to a lot of libraries. So we were just coming from a library today before we stopped by your studio. And uh, we go to libraries, we read stories to the kids, we do some sign language. So I learned to do the book in sign language. Oh. And then also we do some, we measure the cat and we count his whiskers. And then also the children learn about um, talking to animals and animal rescue and those kind of things. And then they get to pet the cat, which is the best part of the oh day. This, so this so is like good. not just a meet and greet. There's real educational aspects to it too. Yeah, so we do a lot of STEM stuff. I worked with librarians and the librarians have taught me how to teach, talk about kids. And uh, we talk about STEM stuff. So we measure the cat. We actually get a tape measure out and we measure him. <laughs> and we get to count his whiskers and we figure out how many pounds he is. So even all age groups, we get to interact with the cat and they get to learn all about the different aspects of Toto and the story, <laughs> which is I'm pretty like, cool. Okay, okay, enough. Just no, take a he's nap, perfectly right? happy. Do you know cats sleep 17 and a half hours a day? I bet he doesn't, though. I mean, when he's out and about with you, he's a busy cat. He is a busy cat. We've been to almost 300 libraries with our book, which is oh, great. So amazing. it's a great opportunity. We um, showcase the book. We do sell our books for $10 when we go there, with 100% of the proceeds going to our different local shelters. But we also encourage people to check the book out for free. So we make donations thanks to Country Bank, to donate copies of the book to every library we go to. And I'll yeah. leave some copies with you today, Thank and the cat you. will even sign them himself. And um, you have been to the Wilmington Library, which is how I found out. I, found, I, I read the uh, email from my library, because I'm on their mailing list, and you should all be on their mailing <laughs> list too. And I'm like, oh, Toto the Tornado Cat, this sounds great. And I had no idea when I read it that you were actually traveling with the cat. Yeah, it's pretty good. And that's how a portion of my day is. I work as a paramedic and then uh, my days are spent traveling around with a cat, which is pretty good. And so it's nice to interact with kids and it's a perfect venue. So uh, parents are able to bring their kids in to hear the story and librarians are able to interact to show what goes on. I know you know, you know but librarians are really the heart and soul and libraries of a community whether it's Brimfield of 2000 or Wilmington or Burlington, like our libraries are important social places for people to meet, to check yeah. out books, and it gives the kids an opportunity to check out books, so it's great. So what's the most unusual thing that ever happened to you with Toto on the road? Uh, so I don't know about unusual stuff. Uh, once in a while, like uh, we come across an accident or something, um, or we travel around. So we just do libraries, but we do all sorts of other events. We just came off an event doing called the Furball, which is at the Andover <laughs> Country Club. It was a ben benefit for the Merrimack Valley Feline Rescue Society. So it was a big formal dinner. So we went there in the auction. Uh, we've been to all sorts of places, but I think the best part about Toto is just taking him out on a regular basis. So we get to go to the bank and the post office and when he spends a regular day out there. But as you can see, he's sleeping now, so it's not <laughs> Well, he's got to get those 17 and a half hours in, right? He sure does. So if there's a third book, even though you sound a little bit reluctant, what would what would you put into the third book? Well, we're book? thinking of doing an A to Z book. It was, a, I think, oh, so like an A to great. Z of all the Toto books, which would be pretty good. I've never written a book, for, so I sort of geared these towards children, which is great. 
Uh, ideally, I'd love to write an adult book. I don't know if you're familiar with the Dewey the Library Cat book. Um, why don't you tell our, our <laughs> viewers about it? Yeah, so there's a book called Dewey the Library Cat. It's a true story. I think back in the late 90s or early 80s, there was a small kitten who was turned into a library, in, I think in the Midwest, and they put it into the Dropbox, and the librarian found it in the middle <laughs> of winter. And then she wrote a book called Dewey the Library Cat. And there's a series of them now. There's a children's book and a chapter book and an adult book. But I think maybe one day sooner or later we'll find an adult Toto book. So he's just brought so many lessons to me, which is pretty neat. But in the meanwhile, there's two great kids' books. So uh, tell us about the, some of the lessons. So I think one of the lessons is, uh, like we said, like finding out about uh, the network in uh, our communities. So I don't have children. So I was never in elementary schools. I was never in libraries. I was never in public venues like that just because I wasn't involved in children's activities. But what I found along this way is that there's a huge network of people out there, be it librarians, teachers, those kind of people, educators, who are really making our communities what they are. And we don't see that all the time. There's a lot of bad news out there and unfortunately it gets a lot of press. But there's just as many people out there, whether you're working and volunteering for an animal shelter, whether you're teaching special needs children, whether you're a librarian and, and running a children's program every week, like they, they are the unsung heroes of our communities and the fabric. And I've met so many great people along the way, which is a great opportunity to sort of interact with those people. And that's a, a, a group of people I would have never met unless I had this book. And you've been to every New England state? Yeah, we've been to every New England state. We've traveled to all those. We primarily focus on Massachusetts, but we travel all over the place, which is great. So we get to travel to uh, lots of local libraries. I try and put a couple libraries in one day, so it just makes the traveling easier. I pay my own expenses, so my travel and everything like that with all the money going in the book, besides the paying for the book and some sales tax. So we're not a nonprofit, but uh, my business gives 100% of its charity away. And like I said, we've raised $70,000, which is pretty cool. Now, there's been some great offsprings from this. We do some other programs where they do fundraisers, or we do a program in one of the local schools called Hats for Cats. So the children can't wear a baseball hat or a hat in school during a normal day. But if they bring in a can of pet food, they get to wear a hat that day, and Toto comes and visits, which is pretty cool. So we do hats for cats, and then we do local shelters. We just do events with them. Uh, we did a Halloween barktacular with our local shelter, which was pretty <laughs> neat, so Toto had a costume. And uh, so it's great. Again, there's such an undercurrent of people that are unrecognized who are just doing so much work in our communities, uh, at shelters, at schools and stuff. And I think the true credit goes to those kind of people, which is neat. So have you ever had any kids who were kind of like afraid, who had never met cats before? Or? Yeah, we get some people that have never met cats, so they get to interact with a cat, uh, which is good. The other thing is I get a lot of parents who tell me, like, we met your cat, and, like, my child was bugging me, bugging me. We ended up going to a shelter and adopting a cat. Yay. So it's a good spinoff from that, which is pretty neat. I We're a huge advocate of shelters. Like, they're, that's the weird place to get your pets and animals. Um, the shelters in New England are doing such a phenomenal job, like, in this area, whether it's in this North Shore or South Shore, um, about getting animals adopted. In fact, the more I talk to animal shelter volunteers, they're actually doing such a great job that we're bringing in animals from other parts of the country to be adopted, so it's great. I know about that because our dog came from Kentucky, so um, I, know, I know dogs um, are, there are fewer dogs to rescue and they are being brought in from the south where they seem to not spay and neuter like we do here, but I didn't know if um, cats were getting adopted at the same rate. 
Yeah, I think cats are doing that too, and they do really well. In fact, now they're working on special needs animals, so cats who may have a disease like feline um, a virus or um, have other issues, like they're getting into foster homes and they're getting care that normally would be euthanized. So it's nice to see that even that we're going deeper into helping animals who normally might have been euthanized are now getting uh, loving homes, even at least for a period of time, which is neat. And you in Toto also go to nursing homes? Yeah, we do some nursing homes. We love going to Alzheimer's units, which is really oh, neat. Oh, how does that work? It's great. I'm not a freaky, weird, spiritual person at all, and I'm not belittling people who are. Um, and so I think that I'm like, I'm a realist because I've been a paramedic for a number of years. But I will tell you the stories. Like when I go to nursing homes, that the staff tell me that sometimes there's a, um, a resident who's nonverbal um, who may have advanced dementia or something like that, Alzheimer's. So Toto will do exactly what he does. He'll curl up and sit on their bed or their lap. And then the resident will start petting the cat and they'll start to become verbal or just that tactile stimulation of talking to an animal um, and petting an animal. And you'll say, hey, did you ever have a cat? And they'll say, yeah. I had a cat named Fluffy or something. So uh, I think there's something deep and involved in our involvement with animals and, and just the ability to contact with a cat, even if you're in a situation where you have dementia or Alzheimer's, like just that ability to go in and pet an animal just probably changes you a little bit inside, even if you don't realize it. And it's nice for the family. They tell us like, you know, he this person had a cat and to have right. a cat come visit him, which is well, pretty neat. Yeah, that's interesting because you would think that then um, places that have uh, Alzheimer's patients would even maybe think of having a resident uh, animal there. I know people are allergic and maybe that's the, the, uh, the drawback, but think of how nice it would be if people like that had uh, a, a little dog or a cat around all the time. You know? Yeah, and I know there are nursing homes and stuff that do have animals, which is pretty cool. And uh, I think it's nice for them to be able to interact and stuff, so it's good. And uh, just to have a cat come in or something. I'm hoping that one day if I ended up in a facility or something, I would have a cat come in and visit me, which would be pretty neat. But in the meanwhile, he's an ambassador for our town. He's an ambassador for the Animal Rescue League and our local shelters, which is pretty good. And uh, he's just a really patient cat. I lucked out. It's a great story. Paramedic, you know, house damaged by tornado, finds kitten and writes a book. So I had a writes lot of two books. <laughs> two books. So what helped me with my book, and I know there may be some authors that watch your show and they talk, I get a lot of emails talking about how do I write a children's book and stuff. So this is a unique situation, certainly because I was ahead of the eight ball in the fact that I have a great cat, um, I have a good story and those kind of things. I never dissuade people from writing a children's book, but I don't know if you know the children's book market is a tough market to get into, um, just because there's a lot of books and people have a lot of stories. But um, in this, I've been able to sell over uh, 15,000 copies of my books, which is pretty cool. Wow. So it's good, yeah. And that's and that's selling. That's not even counting what you're donating. Right, and exactly. And donating. So how many books. printings have you been? Through? So we've been. I order books like by the pallet, like which is pretty good. So I order books by the 500 or a thousand books at a time. Um, the publisher has been great. I self-publish, so I don't have any uh, middlemen. So I just work with a low, uh, publishing company, and they just ship the books to me as I need them. I store them in my barn, and then when we head out on the road, I throw a couple cases in there, and we sell some books when we go to libraries and schools or crafts fairs or other kind of events, which is pretty neat. I was going to say, now you probably don't have the worry about having boxes stuffed <laughs> under your bed, right? I, I certainly guess, don't. I guess your wife has gotten past that Yeah, point, I think right? I won that, that battle. But um, my wife has been hugely supportive. She's a big cat fan, and um, 
she's also supported the project and so she, i don't do social media personally but she runs toto's facebook and uh oh, the website which is pretty good yeah so okay. i don't have facebook personally um but uh, the cat has and he has over seven thousand friends and so <laughs> we send pictures and goofy pictures and it's a good way for children safely to get online and see pictures with an adult or a librarian so i encourage parents or librarians to, to log on to facebook and show the children, all the pictures of Toto and the places he goes. So have you been to cities and and to rural areas with Toto? Yeah, we do it to some libraries. We go to libraries and there's 10 kids. We've been to the Boston Public Library and there's uh, hundreds of kids, which uh. is pretty good. The nice thing is, is we start a line at the end of the presentation and everyone that wants to meet Toto gets to meet him, which Aww. is pretty cool. So it's a good story. So it's good. But you can see he's a pretty happy cat. There's not much bothers him and he'll just hang out and he'll probably fall asleep again or he'll just uh, be interviewed or pretty popular cat like we not were much hoping he'd him. say something but you said he's not the most verbal of cats he's so. not a verbal cat but he's a happy cat so but he may i mean his it. his patience and his sense of calm make up for any uh speaking that he doesn't do yeah it's pretty neat oh jonathan i'm just uh you know i could sit here and stare at him all day um <laughs> so what is so in the car when he's in the car with you he just kind of curls up and goes to sleep yeah i try and take him out most days just to keep him active those kind of things so um even if we're not doing an event i take him to the fire station or we go to the bank or the libraries obviously and then we go to the gym i take him to the ymca with me which is pretty neat what does he do at the gym so he goes to the ymca and hangs out with the staff we get i live <laughs> in western mass we go to a small local ymca they're super supportive um, we, uh, he haps on the counter and hangs out and everyone gets to pet with him or uh, he can hang out with the kids at the child watch section <laughs> and in general like he's just a happy cat so it's good. He loves getting out like that's the best part about this cat is just he loves to travel. It's, he's a unique cat. I've never found a cat like him and I'm so fortunate that I have a cat um, and the story and everything that goes with it which is pretty good. Well um, I wish uh, every cat is as happy and as lucky as Toto and that every author is as happy and successful as you are. Thank you. It's really neat. Like I said, I sort of fell into this and um, life provides you opportunities as you go by and I'm sure you've had a number of them. Sometimes we pass up these opportunities and we regret it. This is one opportunity that just uh, I stumbled upon and I'm so excited that I didn't pass it up. It's been eight years since the tornado. We've traveled thousands of miles and we've been to almost 300 nursing homes, schools and libraries. Yeah. But I think the takeaway is, is like, I really would have never not done this. Like, I'm, I'm so glad I did this project and it was well, so were you, neat. Were you an outgoing person before Togo um, and before all this? If you want to be a good paramedic, you've got to be a pretty outgoing person. Because oh, okay. I interact with the public. We deal with people who are in stressful situations. So I'm fairly outgoing, but I'm pretty reserved. I don't have social media, those kind of things. But uh, I think it's important that we give back to our community. So... Uh, I always talk to people when we talk to church groups and those kind of things and people say, well, I can't raise $70,000, but it doesn't take that. Like small acts of kindness or small acts of you're doing something. You don't have to write a book. You can hold a bake sale. You can um, just volunteer, help your neighbor shovel their driveway. Like we need to make sure that we recognize that we can do small acts that make a difference in people's lives. This just happened to make a bigger difference. But uh, I think everybody out there can do a little bit, and it's good. And how is Brimfield doing now? We've recovered. We're doing really well. Um, we've rebuilt. Um, you can still see a big scar through our state forest and our town where the trees are down. Uh, I'm starting to get some trees back in my yard, which is nice. Um, so it's shade. But one of the things is our ecological system changed. Our state forest changed. So the flora and fauna changed actually after it. So um, the year or two after it, we saw a huge resurgence in butterflies, which was a kind oh. of side effect. And you wouldn't think that, but 
Butterflies thrive in low growth areas, so tall pine trees is not where they grow, but areas that after the tornado had low growth with bushes and shrubs that were developing is ideal for small mammals and oh, so butterflies, which is pretty neat. I wonder if like botanists have gone in and studied it, because it's kind of a unique situation because we don't get tornadoes very frequently at all. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. There was a big tornado in Worcester back in the um, like late 60s, I believe. So, and there and then was one, one in Revere um, a couple, couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah, and then there was this one too. So um, I think like we learned a lot of lessons in Brimfield about pulling our community together. I'm not saying it's all roses. There were people who were affected by it and never recovered, like people who left town, people who were just upset about it, and I get that. Like that's a normal reaction. Healing takes time, whether it's a loss of your family or a pet or a loss of your home, like people heal at different levels. Um, this was an opportunity for us to heal as a town and rally around Toto, which is good. The day after or the week after our tornado, um, I had people coming up to my house and knocking on my door um, from out of the blue saying, can we help you? Aww. What can we do? Um, so this is just a little bit of a way to, to pay that forward, which is neat. Well, I want you to thank you so much, Jonathan, for being with me today. Um, you are both very inspirational and comforting in times that are difficult for everybody. It's uh, wonderful to know that you're out there and, and you're boostering for libraries and for um, helping your community just couldn't come at a better time. Cool. So thanks so much and I'll look forward to seeing a Toto A to Z someday. Yeah, we're hoping for another book. I apologize he wasn't more active. We can put him on the desk and he can hang out with you. He loves to meet uh, his uh, friends and, and uh, new right, acquaintances, like so it's good. Maybe we could say goodbye Toto to Toto me. here. Okay, so, it's good. so Toto, let's say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> I want to be with Dad. <laughs> goodbye, Bookstew viewers. Wasn't this an excellent episode? And don't we all want a Toto for our lives? There he goes. <laughs> so have a good night and uh, watch for Jonathan's Toto books. There are two of them. Good night. <laughs>